Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mel Herbert here. Uh, it's time for a bit of uh, Elon today. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to do. Elon today, because even if I miss days, it'll still be today. It's got what Tom said. It's going to be great. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Did you watch the Oscars last night? It was pretty cool. All my Korean friends were going crazy texting me saying, what is happening here? And actually, to a man and a woman, they were saying, it was a really good movie, but they didn't think it was the best movie. Uh, They thought The Irishman was better. But I'm just saying, congratulations. It's kind of a big deal. Got a nice note from Brian Anderson. We call him Mr. Anderson. You see, Mr. Anderson was listening to the show and he noted that uh, now putting a hundred bucks down can reserve your place in line for Model Y. So Mr. Anderson put the hundy down and got himself a reservation for Model Y. I think you're going to be seeing a lot of that. I don't know when exactly that changed, but there will be reservations up the yin-yang. And I still don't know. I still have no idea how many reservations for Model Y there is. But I've developed what I'm going to call Model Y neck whiplash syndrome. Maybe you're already suffering from this yourself. The Model Y neck whiplash syndrome is when you're driving along or walking along and you see a car, you're not sure if it's a Model 3. You think, my gosh, this could be a Model Y and you snap your neck at great speed to take another look. I even jogged up the road to try and see if this car that was going around the corner was a Model Y. My wife texted me, husband, is this a Model Y? We are going crazy over here. Because there's enough sightings now that it could be a Model Y. Could be. Oh, but but in no case this weekend was it. You see, here in California, there are Model S's and X's and 3's everywhere. And I was up uh, in the north, up around Santa Cruz, uh, visiting the sun. And up there, there's even more. I mean, they're everywhere. And in fact, one of my son's friends, who's also in the engineering school, was actually at the Fremont factory, actually talking to one of the engineers as part of the program there. And he said, if you guys want me to come down and give any talks at Santa Cruz, happy to come down. I'll bring the Model Y and I can show it off for you. I fell off my chair. I demanded that my son's friend immediately arrange this and to call me. He reminded me, I am not a student. Probably wouldn't be able to come. I started to cry. I'm just saying, the engineers at Fremont are driving around in Model Ys. He was doing testing, and I can't remember which part of the engineering group he was on, but my son's friend is in robotics, so something to do with robotics. Maybe it was AI, maybe it was to do with self-driving. I don't know. I just want a Model Y. All this to say is that the excitement is building. My twiddly bits are all twiddly. Come on. And then last night, while not doing Elon today, and instead watching uh, the Oscars, I had my laptop out, and I was on the configurator, and it said... The delivery start in March, not just for the performance edition, but for the dual motor edition. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, is this happening? Is this a dream? Did a foreign language film win Best Picture? What's happening here? I also got a la 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 I also got a letter last week from Brian, what's his uh, handle here? Super Dairy Boy, who is in Williamsport, PA. He sent a beautiful picture there in Williamsport of a supercharger station which is just about to be unveiled. It doesn't look like it's quite hooked up yet. This was from late last week. And uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. But it does say in there, the signs with the number 10 say 10-minute general parking. So he was a bit concerned that that means that you can get 10 minutes of ice parking in front of the beautiful what are probably V3 superchargers. It's exciting. But can I say again, can I do the whole thing? Will it just bore the brains out of you? Too bad, i got to do it. 
So this weekend, it wasn't a particularly important weekend. There was no big holidays or anything. And driving back from the northern of the Californias to the southern of the Californias, getting uh, to sort of uh, Tuscadero, uh, San Luis Obispo area, which is about three hours north of um, L.A. and, uh, you know, about two and a half hours south of uh, Santa Cruz area. Um, totally impacted supercharges, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So it's on a Sunday afternoon. I guess people are going, you know, they've gone and visited and they've gone into their places and they've done all their things and they're headed back to L.A., or they're headed back to the, the north, and uh, totally impacted supercharges. So a Tuscadero, which has eight, all of them full, I got there and I had to wait. Fortunately, I didn't have to wait very long, and then I got in there and I didn't get a very fast rate of charge, but it's been better than in the past where it was just broken. And I was looking at uh, San Luis Obispo, which is only about you know 10 miles away, 15 miles away, and it too was completely full. And so I know that they're building more in Paso Robles and other places, but ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, can I say again, as... Many superchargers as there are in California, it doesn't take much to totally impact them. And this is a problem. And so we need more V3 superchargers. We need fast charging. We need cars with longer range because the Model Y is going to sell so much. Now, they're not going to be able to keep up with demand, um, but there's going to be so many cars. I think Tesla is encroaching sort of uh, 900,000 cars sold. There will be many millions of Teslas in the next few years, many millions. And the supercharger network has to keep up. And I understand, I understand that most of the time, even in California, if I drove there right now, there might be one or two cars. But at any time where there's significant amounts of driving, you have to have capacity for that or you're going to have these long lines. And I go to supercharge.info and I simply do not see, I simply do not see enough permitting, enough uh, stuff going on. So Elon, hello, is this thing on? Unless you're going to give me a 400 plus mile range this is going to continue to be an issue. And I want a 500-mile car as well. And I want it to be in the Y. I don't want it to be in the S. I like the S. The S is fine. But I want 500 miles in the Model Y next year. Okay? Can you make that happen? Thank you. And Elon just tweeted this right this second. This is uh, Monday about 9.50. Tesla April company talk will be from our Giga New York factory, where we make solar, glass, and several other products. We'll also offer customer and media tours. What April company talk? Is this... The battery talk, is it? Is that what they're going to be doing? And they're going to do it from Gigafactory Buffalo, where they make the V3 superchargers, the solar panels, and the solar roof. We'll see. Interesting, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Interesting. And I've got an interesting issue, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Interesting issue, just to talk about amongst friends. And that is, I need some more solar capacity at the studio. The studio here is actually, uh, you know, uses a lot for the studio and for related houses that are on the same property. And uh, it needs more capacity. I've got a like 13 kilowatt system, but there's some shading and in the winter, it's not keeping up. Short days, the shading, and I really want to get it to 100%. So I'm thinking about building a solar canopy because there's an area on the property here that's just blazing and is otherwise you know, unusable in the summer. So this could serve two purposes. It could be both uh, shade and be generating electricity. That's the beautiful thing about these solar canopies. You see them all through schools and public colleges here. They're over the parking lots. They're everywhere. Beautiful idea. Dual purpose. Shade and electricity. So I'm thinking about doing that. But you first have to build sort of the canopy structure, and then you have to put the solar panels up on the top there. And I was thinking, well, maybe what I should do is see if I could get a V3 solar roof, but that might make it really expensive because in the canopy, I guess you could just do it the way I see at all the schools here, which is basically the solar panels 
are acting as the shade structure and they don't really have a roof structure underneath it. So that's probably the cheaper way to do it. But I've also been looking at this thing called EV Arc. Have I talked about this before? Maybe I have. EV Arc is actually from a San Diego company and they mostly sell to municipalities and big companies. And they're that group that has these uh, solar panels that track and they're attached to some batteries, not Tesla batteries, but about, a, I think the biggest is a 40 kilowatt hour battery. They say they can do about 220 miles of uh, charging per day. But the beautiful thing about these things is that they're all in one. It's a slab, it's the battery, it's the canopy, it's the solar panels, and they just basically bring it on a truck, drive it in and drop it wherever you want and no permitting required. These have already been permitted. They're up they're good for winds up to 120 miles an hour and that kind of stuff. And so you don't need to do any trenching. You don't need to get any permitting. And like I say, they will do about 220 miles a day. The solar canopy itself isn't that big. It's only about three or four kilowatts, but it does track. So it's very efficient, 20, 30% more efficient than if it was just stationary. But you can't attach it to your house. So if you're not needing so much car juicy juice, you can't actually put it into your housey house. Although you can plug in a regular plug and run some stuff on it. But it's an interesting proposition. But they're expensive. We're talking $65,000. $65,000. Now, there is federal and state rebates on that puppy. Over time, you know, the payback period might be something like 10, 20 years. But again, if you're not interested so much in caring about the payback period, just wanting to be 100% renewable, it's something to think about. So if I haven't set up before, if you've got a company or you're in a situation where you need that kind of thing, Really interesting. Actually, I think I have talked about this because where these really should be deployed, in addition to where they're being deployed already, is out in uh, the national parks. Just slap these puppies out there in the national parks because you don't need to have them grid tight. Yes, you still need to make sure that they go and get themselves fixed. And so therefore, I do think we've talked about this before because I've talked about that issue. You do have to make sure that they get uh, fixed. They probably should be uh, sort of cellular connected and be able to talk to uh, whoever owns them and say, hey, it's broken, come fix it. But I love this idea. I just wish they weren't so expensive. So expensive. I mean, a $65,000 solar system is pretty big. Now, I guess if you're building a canopy, I haven't worked out how much that is yet. And we're going to get a quote. But just building the canopy might be quite expensive. But I I think in terms of return on investment, it's probably going to be better to have this uh, grid tied offsetting the energy usage from the studio and still being able to charge the cars and slap a couple of Tesla batteries there, probably get the return on an investment down to like five to seven years. But it is interesting, is very interesting. If they can get the price of this puppy down, if they can get this down, I think you'll see a lot of these. And this could be a way that we could dramatically increase the number of charges out and about. For example, there is no Tesla supercharger in Santa Cruz where I go a lot. There is no supercharger. The closest ones are, there's one that's about 20 miles south. And there's one now that's about 10 miles north. There's going to be one in Santa Cruz. But if you go into Santa Cruz, which is sort of a beautiful place, it's really stunning. There's just not that many charges around. And I noticed even in Santa Cruz that they're starting to get impacted. So there was a public charging station. I went there to charge. Two beautiful Teslas uh, had taken the spots. I went back about four hours later. One was open. I plugged in. I needed a lot of charge. I actually stayed on that puppy until about 4 a.m. I woke myself up at 4 a.m. thinking, I hope that I haven't screwed somebody. And I ran down there and I unplugged. And then I moved the car. I walked past there at about 7 a.m. And there were two Teslas on there again. 
And so uh, if there was a supercharge down the road, then we could just sort of go plug in for 30 minutes and be good. But these chargers, these public chargers, were only charging at a rate of about 32 amps at about 20 miles an hour on the X. I'm just saying, if everybody's got an electric vehicle, we need a ton more chargers or it's going to be a problem, even in somewhere like the cruise that is Santa. And I've sort of also become interested in the pricing of charging because you want to get the pricing of the charging to the point where whoever's got this thing, whether it's the municipality, whether it's Tesla, whether it's a third-party for-profit group, that they can sell you the electricity at the point where it's worthwhile to you and at the same time make enough money for them to develop more infrastructure. So this was a public car park and it was a dollar an hour and it was 32 amps. So in the X, I was getting about 20 miles per hour of charge. And if you do the math on that 20 uh, miles and then, you know, you're getting about three miles out of each kilowatt hour approximately, it comes out somewhere around, you know, 16 cents per kilowatt hour, which is actually really good because Tesla charges here in California and most of the charges in that part of the world, about 28 cents per kilowatt hour. Of course, it's faster charging. And so, you know, uh, they've probably got some extra charges for making the juice really fast into those uh, Tesla superchargers. But that's pretty good. And then I was wondering, I wonder what the municipality in Santa Cruz is paying for that electricity. They might get a pretty good deal because, you know, they're the city. And I was thinking, I want them to make money out of me and other people with electric cars. I don't want to be ripped off, but I want them to say, hey, it's actually worth our time putting in electric vehicle charges everywhere because it's actually a for-profit business. So if for some reason they are getting their electricity at, say, eight cents a kilowatt hour and charging me 16, I'm getting a good deal. They're getting a good deal. They should put in more of them. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm talking to you municipalities. Sell us EV drivers, lots of electricity, make a profit, and then put that profit into more electric charges because we're going to need them everywhere. The infrastructure here in the United States, in California, which is a leader an absolute leader in electric vehicles here in the United States, the infrastructure is still insufficient. Even though there is electricity everywhere, there is not usable electricity for EV users everywhere, and that's where we've got to get. So make it a profit center. Hello, is this thing on? Make it a profit center and start building out the network. Everybody, we need them everywhere. And it's going to require leaders like California to do this because the chicken and the egg phenomenon we've talked about, if you don't have the infrastructure, what is the one thing the single biggest thing that people say that stops them from getting an electric car, it's not actually the upfront expense, which is a bit higher because over time you can get that back, although that is a big deal still. We need cheaper cars. But what's the one thing? It's range anxiety. And why is there range anxiety? It's because there's not a charger every five feet like there is a gas station. So if we're going to move this thing forward, we've got to go forward with the infrastructure first. I know it's chicken and egg. We've got to do it. California, come on. Let's get our act together here. Rant over. Talk to you on another day. That's right, on another day. Mm-hmm.